Hello, and welcome to episode 330 of the awesome comics podcast. The place where the small press makes one hell of a terrible noise. I am Dr. Vincent Hunt, creator of Murder Road, and joining me this week is the creator of the horrifically awesome webcomic vanguard, dastardly Daniel Butcher. Hello. And also, I am joined by the Lord of Nightmares himself, known to many as Tony Esmond. How am I going to get rid of this boner now? <laughs> and also this week, we're going to be joined <laughs> by a guest. Where's that bloke gone? Where's that bloke gone? I know, I had to kick him out because there was some so creepy old dude sitting in my chair. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, get out of it. But it's so comfortable. No, get out. Oh, no. Oh, no. Right, okay. ACP okay. does the muffin. We're he, off. He, he's gone. He's gone. <laughs> but I just want to get off. Um, yes, this week, it's our Halloween horror special. And we've got to talk about horror. And we, as always, yes. we have a, a great indie comics guest and expert in horror. Yes, we're joined <laughs> by the head of Afterlight Comics and the brains behind Ghost Island, Wendigo Wood, Stay Awake, and more things to keep you awake at night than we could possibly list, is Joey Oliveira. Hello, sir. Hey, guys. Hey, man. Good. Good to have you back. It's been a while. We're just talking about it, and it's been like three years or something, isn't it? Yeah, just no, nearly three years. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a nightmare in itself, isn't it? Like, <laughs> thinking about that. Yeah. Um, but um, no, Afterlight Comics, I mean, you've been going from strength to strength since we spoke to you last, as always. Mm. And um, I mean, you've been you've been mentioned on the show for how good you are at Kickstarters, so we'll we'll talk about that. I mean, seriously, yeah. it's scary. Yes, yeah. there's going to be all kinds of puns this week. There's, 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 yeah, mine, mine arrived in my letterbox before I pledged. <laughs> that's, that's, Never, man. that's terrifying. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, um, there's a pull quote for you. Yeah, <laughs> but but no, uh, um, Joey's an expert in uh, horror comics and lots of different ways to keep you awake at night. When it comes to horror, of course, nothing else. It's not it's, it's horror this week. Not, 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 not the way I do. Yeah, wow, uh, that's that's a different horror show. Um, but no, <laughs> it's like the it, elephant. It's good. <laughs> don't. Thank God we don't have the camera on, and this isn't a video <laughs> show. Um, so yeah, we'll just be. We're just going to get stuck into the topic of horror comics. And, I'd like uh, to say well done for getting through that um, introduction with that weird bloke. Because it was only the second time we had to do it. The first time, Dan turned his camera on to make us laugh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what was, was that laughing. laugh, Dan? <laughs> <laughs> Slightly malicious. Yeah. That's, that's not like you. Watch yourself, Sam. We'll be sharing a room in a couple of weeks. Are you sharing a room, you two? Yeah, yeah, top and tails. I thought we were gangsters. We are gangsters. I've got a suite, got a mini bar. I'm going to be large in it. Come up to my room. We're slumming it. Uh, do you know what we could do while while slumming we're it in there? a luxury? B&B. Maybe we could read comics from a comics app. But what sort of app is do we want to read? Dan, Dan, Comic House. Hey. Oh wow, that's that's funny because they're our sponsor. 
AKA they put up with these adverts that we do every <laughs> every week. Um, Pete, uh, Pete and the guys at Comic House, thank you as always for sponsoring this show. We got Pete. a welfare call from Pete, didn't we? He emailed us. <laughs> a welfare call? What, just to make oh, so sure you're right, we were okay? Did <laughs> you sound that mad? Um, but yes, the, the guys at Comic House are an indie comic marketplace that love indie comics as much as we do and you lovely people listening every week. Um, if you go to comichouse.com, on the website, there's low, there's a huge selection of titles on the database. If you self-publish, you can also list your book on there, and it's just another avenue to get your work out to the public. But like we say, there's a digital app that is brilliant. It's got a featured section. New comics are being added all the time. It's like Netflix for comics, and so subscription service, but for only £3 a month, which is cheaper than your average digital release, you get access to an enormous library of digital indie comics, um, such as, well, Dan... What's on there at the moment? Uh, we've got some new titles on this week. We've got uh, Expired Volume 1, Issue 1, Life's Countdown, Voodoo Nations Volume 1, Issue 2, I Want to Break Free, Lady Phantom, Issue 4, Stake Volume 1, Issue 2. And let's see what Stake's about, because that looks interesting. It's uh, racked with guilt and unsure where to turn and who to trust. Buckland decides the best thing to do is keep working, even without Duckerwitz. Meanwhile, their rivals are making some bold moves. I don't know what that comment's about. That no, wasn't the really, best. Yeah, better summary, please. Yeah. Let's see if I can find out what the uh, first issue's like and see if that can... What, you're going to read it live on air? I mean, that, you agree to do a live on. reading, like a performance. Uh, I can't top Vince's. <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> well, well, uh, this did is, I, I didn't do anything. There was just some other oh, dude. That chat. Same, Got yeah. State Volume 1, Issue 1 it says, Story Synopsis, a colourful and culinary cautionary tale on some of the troubles with time travel. Oh, my God. Did you hear the the triple like the, oh. say that again Dan a culinary a colourful culinary cautionary tale on some of the troubles with time travel oh, like the way, Dame that, back the way he tonight. wraps his tongue around those words is uh. just we'll <laughs> see some time wrapping in a few weeks yeah baby of, what <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm scared and we'll find and we'll I'm find scared. out <laughs> what a week to be scared. Yes, um, but you can find all of that stuff. Not Dan's, what he's talking about. That's something you'll have to read about later, probably in the news. But if you want to read all those comments, you can read them on comichouse.com. And yeah, go there, find out, find out about a 14-day free trial. And uh, discover why our adverts are terrible, but the service is great. Magnus, Magnus Robot Fighters on here. You can read the first ten issues. That's a good series, oh, that, nice. as well. You know what? What, um, what year? Because how many um, volumes oh, of Magnus mate. have there been? Well, it's been going since the what fifties, sixties. But is this that... is the twenty fourteen one. I think it's the one that becomes the female Magnus and then goes back to the male Magnus. I think is that is that Dynamite. not that? Yeah, because that was Valiant for a long time, wasn't it, Magnus? Yeah, and before that was it. I'm going to say it was Gold Key. I think. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Is that the same with? Yeah. Um... Um, not radioactive man. What's the one? <laughs> What's the two? Oh, solar uh, man of the yeah. 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 yeah, 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 it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they, they're part of the same sort of family of titles, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and they didn't. That's the reason they're not back in the new Valiant. Yeah, because they didn't have the license for those ones to be selling. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Magnus is one that I could never really get into. Don't know why. Oh, I really liked it. Is it? Yeah. When he, is that he did a crossover he's... with EXO, didn't he? And he did a yeah. crossover with Nexus does, as well. Both good. Does that cause continuity problems when, like, a character like they lose the license and suddenly? Uh, that yeah. they lent heavily on. So, I mean, I think that would when the image started, they kind of like was jumping in and out of each other's universes, and then it all got quite legal, didn't it? Like that's true. With, uh, yeah. And, oh, we can't do that anymore. Spawn wasn't killed by Chapel; he was killed by someone else because 
they 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 didn't want the power over one another like that. Yeah. Yeah, and what was the mm. character from Spawn that ended up in the Marvel Universe? The, oh, Angela, um, the Neil Gaiman. Yeah, Angela. you got that as well, haven't you? Where, Suddenly, where she that? was where, Thor's sister or something. Where is that character in the Marvel Universe? Who right knows? Don't know. Because she was a guardian, mm. guardian of the galaxy, wasn't she, for a bit? Yeah, that's oh, right. Okay. She was. Mm. Yeah, mm. yeah. I'm not sure actually. Yeah, good point. Well, there you go. Good point. Well made. <laughs> we, we made it through another uh, sponsorship ad. Yeah, I think that went all right. Yeah, read Comic House. Check it out. Yeah, do it. There's plenty of horror titles on there to check out as well. So. Yes, horror is a really um, popular genre within like the indie and um, small press scene, isn't it? Really, I mean, certainly if you look on a, any digital format, I mean, not necessarily um, weekly comic book shelves like printed books, but I think certainly because people can just go straight to digital with a lot of stuff. There's I've got a theory why that is. Would you like to hear my theory? Go on. Because <laughs> you can do a one-off horror story. Yeah. yeah. But if you do a superhero story, people expect it to be an ongoing. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. let's let's kick us let's kick us off with that then. And mm. uh, and Joey will kick off with with your opinions on this. Now, yeah. do you think um, horror can really exist as an ongoing? Now, I know you've you've got limited series and like the bigger uh-huh. stories and stuff. But in the way that, like, an you know, your average superhero comic would be like sixty odd issues of stuff. Do you think horror can really maintain the terror for that long, or the intrigue, or the mystery, etc.? Yeah, hundred percent. I think, I think that that was the original idea I had for Ghost Island, which was one of my first ever comic series that mm. I wrote. And back uh, about two, three years ago, you know. I was looking at Walking Dead and seeing it go on for hundreds of issues. I was thinking, oh, yeah, I really want my series to, you know, be there's so many issues. And mm. I, I was planning it as, like, you know, being naive, thinking it was going to be, God, you know, 50 issues, 60 issues. So mm. the plan with Ghost Island to talk about as an ongoing series was that people don't know that it's like Jurassic Park, but with ghosts. So Okay. Yeah. Um, a, a wealthy entrepreneur has got this island full of imprisoned ghosts and he invites a small group of people to the island to test out the facilities and one of them's a psychic one of them's um, a, a, a caretaker and his young uh, his, his son one's like a press uh, a press guy with a young apprentice and they're going to cover you know the lead up of the events to it opening and so the psychic's job on the island was to go into the minds of each imprisoned uh, spirit on the island and they're like like evil evil spirits so it's a bit like um uh like shutter island where they you know see the prisoners and things like that mm. so the psychic would then each issue they were going to go uh, the psychic was going to go into the past of that evil spirit so you'd have like a, a whole issue based on him going into why this uh, evil car you know evil character exists how they ended up there uh, you know the what what they did to end up being there and like like a, like a true crime story you know like going into yeah. them being a serial killer or kind of like a monster being... of the week kind of mm. that kind of yeah, yeah it's the format that a lot of sort of horror series use isn't it you yeah. think from yeah, maybe yeah. Col- Jack onwards that sort of thing you know mm. yeah so and then obviously you'd have the ongoing backstory of the main character and what he's doing so that that was really going to be that as an ongoing series so 
and I think a lot a lot of series can lean into that, like going into backstories and new characters. I think there's, you know, you introduce new big bads of like creatures or monsters or new new evil characters, or you know, it's it's definitely got legs. I think you've just got to keep like look, look at Harrow County, you know, yeah, that that's yeah. that's really been uh, an example of. of great ongoing horror series mm. um, i think i think cullen bunn is certainly one of the great yeah uh, modern horror writers certainly with like things like a dark arc and like uh yeah. um you know harrow county which i'm a big fan of but that also does the the sort of um almost treats it like seasons doesn't it really every mm-hmm. graphic novel is like is like a story line you know and then it moves on to the next thing and it's slowly but surely getting bigger and there's more characters and like you say the new mm-hmm. there's new bads that are introduced and they're kind of it feels to me like in order to have um to give horror like extra legs if you're not just going for short sharp like horror moments mm-hmm. mystery is quite a big part of it as well isn't it yeah i think there has yeah, to be a, there has to be a sense of the reader doesn't really know what's happening i, th- I think that's a tale as old as time yeah really. there's almost a, there's almost often a whodunit in it in mm. a horror isn't yeah. there as well yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. There, there's always um, the the twist, the classic twist that happens, um, mm-hmm. you know. But I, I think it's um, and certainly with with those sort of series, like you mentioned. I mean, Walking Dead, I think, is almost an exception to the rule because that was just going and going and going, wasn't it? That was just a, a mm-hmm. continual sort of pace. I know they broke it down into trades, but as it went on, it just felt like <clears> it was just one yeah, but interminable whole... story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's more of a kind of drama, isn't it? The fact that yeah. like, it's almost a soap, how, isn't it? Horror, yeah. yeah, like how how these people are acting towards one another, like at the end of days, as it were. Yeah. I think to me, horror is <clears throat> is only um, a section of a story, and I think when we talk about different kind of genres of horror, you know, you've got slasher and monster, and um, mm. something you've addressed quite a lot, uh, Joey, is folk horror. Yeah. They're dealt mm. with in different ways, isn't it? The fact that it's frightening is is purely incidental sometimes to these stories. They have to have so much else in them. Yeah, hundred percent. You can't just have you know scary parts. You know, you got to build up the tension. You got to build up the characters. You know, you you know you don't really care about the horror if you don't care about you know who's who's in front of it. You know, or yeah. you know you, you you've got to really care about the characters. Got, exactly. That's one of the points I was going to make. You got to care about these people before you kill them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, I you really have to. It, the past like four years, certainly in independent comics for me, has seen the rise in folk horror. Uh, mm. It seems like so many books now um, fall into that genre. But sometimes, when more and more books get added to that genre, what does the genre become? Because for me, I always, you know, I think in my head when I think of folk horror, I think of like films like the, I don't know, The Wicker Man, or you know, those sort of things, yeah. or you know, weird like a field in England, or, or <laughs> yeah. these weird things. Well, that one is just a trip. Uh, <laughs> um, just strange things like that. But then more and more gets added to it with like. Um, well, I think of stuff like. Um... Sarah Gordon stuff, yeah, and Joey's stuff, yeah, 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 yeah. and um, even to a certain extent, um, Hellboy has an element of folk horror in it because yeah. it uses yeah. folk tales and stuff from wherever he happens to be, doesn't it? You know, yeah. I mean, I mean, he's one of the great Hellboy. Will always. It used to be Hellboy was the the great influence for pretty much all horror comics, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, but now we're um, spoiled for choice for a lot of things. I mean, I mean, do I know? Um, Obviously, you're putting out quite a lot of horror content, but do you read many horror comics, Joey? Um, I don't read many, to be honest, because 
I think the last two years not being able to go to comic cons and meet new people and meet, mm. go you know walk by tables and stuff that would catch my eye that wouldn't normally you know because comic shops have only just really opened back up and yeah. being able to go there and I, I don't scour through you know the uh, Forbidden Planet websites or stuff because there's so much you know stuff on there not necessarily horror um, so it's too much to go through so I think and Kickstarter you know that's a good good place to to back stuff as well for up and coming horrors but yeah i really miss going to the comic conventions and you know obviously meeting new people that you don't aren't you know in your in your circle or you, you don't know about yet so um i've not been able to really pick up any uh uh horror comics recently but hopefully what's a, a good one that i discovered recently was um <clears throat> thistlebone from 2018 yeah um, about that yeah, rat, oh, I was really, and then we had them on. Do you remember they came on the two thousand AD drink and draw we did? Yeah, do you remember yeah, we I had guess. the creators of that? And that's that's a hell of a book, and that's that's got that sort of midsummer Wicker Man. Mm. Um, what's that one about the the ramblers on the stag do get lost in the woods? What's that the one? Ritual. The ritual. It's got that. Yeah, real yeah love that it. film. Yeah. Absolutely love <laughs> yeah. it. That's a great film. But that's because that also slides into spoilers. That slides into monster movie territory. Which is yeah, which is just, it, just yeah. my bag. Which Thistlebone does as well, actually. Yeah. So Thistlebone creates that creature or creatures in the woods, you know. Yeah, um, yeah, and there, there's lots of sort of. Um, I think it's almost like a go-to trope, isn't it? And horror, <laughs> horror is a genre that is just littered with tropes and possible possible cliches. But one of the, I would say, if if folk horror is to have tropes, it's always there's a cult, there's a ritual <laughs> happening, and the ritual's probably in the woods. And there's some monster in the woods. Take it away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like Do women cult. often take their tops off in those sort of films? Uh, Everyone does. It does no. happen. Oh, yeah. that's good. Yeah. Cheapens it a little. Maybe but... something you can work on there, Joey. Little tip for you right in there. Oh, bloody hell. Do make a thousands on Kickstarter, one of those. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just, do a, just do a naked variant cover. Yeah. <laughs> the naked you, tree lady. Like it, yeah, you heard it here really first. Would. Yeah, I would. The, uh, the, did you ever go back to the? I've, I've recently been reading a load of EC comics, and I'm absolutely in love with them um, <laughs> for the originality. I know they yeah. nicked a lot of their stories from Ray Bradbury and mm. all these sort of people, but there's some amazing work there. Did you ever go back to them, man? I've 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 got the like a few little collections on the Kindle. Uh, years oh, nice. ago and yeah just love being able to pick them up and just reading those short quirky stories they're, they're awesome yeah they're like six pages and they're brilliant yeah it's very yeah. short and sharp you know that's a that's a real you know expert touch of like because there's an entire story and motivation yeah. in those six pages oh, they've they, got to build up these people before they you know bring in the O'Henry Henry moment yeah. 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 yeah like for instance if someone's going to kill their husband you know you've got to find out they're having an affair they kill their <laughs> husband and at the end their husband comes back from the dead you know there's an awful lot of <laughs> motivations and character going on there mm-hmm. um, yeah I, I, I love that kind of stuff I do want to get some collections of that some nice you can pick up some cheap stuff man yeah I picked up a couple of collections for a fiver each of them I actually Oh, really? Yeah, nice one. Yeah, oh, yeah, I yeah. Need, yeah. I need to get Not the originals, obviously reprints. The originals no. will cost you no, no, a bomb, no, no, yeah. Bomb, oh, yeah. but yeah, 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 yeah. And I know that sort of EC vibe is very, um, it's very popular. That that look, 
and style, certainly. Yeah, well, I'm going to talk about an homage in my recommendations later. Yeah, oh, it no, really is. It's so recognisable. That sort of circular floating head thing they do and the, the banners of them and, yeah, the, just the bloodied axe on the cover and stuff. Oh, I mean, I they almost it. brought comics down, to be fair. I mean, that's when the word, yeah. that's, you know, that's what happened. But, mm. yeah, they are they are so iconic. The way I print, I print my comics is kind of inspired by the EC comics, so, you know, that, like, newsprint feel. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Like, yeah, I could yeah. feel like the like an uncoated look on some of the series of the book. So like dulls, dulls the colours and dulls the shit. You know the so shadows. You can actually read it at night without a light yeah. shining off it. Yeah, I know yeah, you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, that's so. Cool. I tell you what, that's so so true, isn't it? We, I mean, glossy papers are well and good, but sometimes a light. <laughs> reflects off it it's mate. so fucking annoying <laughs> if you're trying to read you're trying to read them on the train you, and like yeah. you got one of the overhead lights you can't fucking read it yeah <laughs> yeah 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 so um obviously another another thing as well as like folk horror cryptids and things like that <laughs> and this is obviously something that you've had to do quite a lot of sorry they go hand in hand with sort of folk folk horror yeah. and folk tales and stuff um you know and a lot like with like folk tales of the cryptids and wendigo wood and and like goat man as well you know you must have been drowning in this in this sort of world and this i mean your reference material must be you know is it all did, did you did have we, to do you have to burn your computer off yeah, yeah. Case, <laughs> yeah. Or, or do you have like lots of actual printed books you know for, for reference do, are you are you one of those prose readers come on no no <laughs> <laughs> No, I write comics. So I can't, I'm all visual, me. So I can't, you know, I can't sit there and read prose too much. Nice. Um, but like, you know, I, I googled a lot and did a, re- a lot of research, and just like it opened the kind of worms of all these cryptids and creatures. So, like, people don't know cryptids are like creatures that uh, can't but can't be proven to exist. Um, but they, you know, there's enough stories out there to say that they're, you know, they are out there, like these legends, all these stories on them, like Wendigo and. Uh, Mothman and things like that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I started that off by just googling a few stories. Uh, I, I'm sorry about googling what cryptids there were, and that that started mm. off the folk tales of the cryptids, little uh, short story anthology. Because I, I was so spoiled for choice for all these cryptids, I wanted to write about all of them. So I mm. wrote uh, just four, six short page stories on each of them into this like little horror anthology. Um, which was really difficult, you know, to to write like a short horror punchy story, you know, in six pages. But, but I think I had the blessing of, you know, because they're like creatures, you know, they don't have to talk, you know, you don't have to give them too much motive, but you can give them the setting and, you know, the, the we put the characters around them, you know, that are existing in that story as well. Is it is it their existence that's that's the very horror, rather rather than I mean, with some of these monsters, like you say, it's um. Mm-hmm. It's the fact that they exist is the horror. That sometimes with a creature like that, you don't have to worry so much about motivation. Whereas if you've mm-hmm. got, if you know, if you've got a slasher, if you're writing a slasher story, you probably need to think about motivation, even if it's just yeah. sort of like they want to eat people, they want to chop them up and eat people. You still need mm-hmm. to think about motivation. Do you think that's less of a thing when it comes to like monsters like cryptids? Um, possibly, yeah. I mean, what I try to do with all my horror stories is try and ground them in a very real world. So, like, you know, just like you go on about your day and just sort of going about your normal things and try and make the story relatable to the person in it. It's like with, with one of the stories in Folk Tales of the Cryptids, uh, this 
mother putting a, a baby to bed. And uh, that the, one's horrible. The, yeah, mm, yeah, it is. yeah. <laughs> and and um, you know the the pucker woodie climbs in through the window, and you know the rest is history kind of thing. And you know the the woman is sought to be mad because you know that thing doesn't exist in this world. You know how could you possibly think that you know thing took your baby? You know, um, kind of an extension of that. The dingo took my baby story. Do you remember that from years ago? Yeah, mm. yeah. I know what you mean. Yes, yeah, so there's the fear, isn't it? Gets me about horror stories. You know, like there's uh, a group of friends, and all of them die as bar bar one, <laughs> yeah. and they say, "Yeah, it was that mad fucking psycho dream killer that came, killed you in your sleep." Okay, yeah, right, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Stop eating cheese. <laughs> Stop <laughs> eating Backed cheese. Up, killing all your mates. That was yeah. Oh, blue cheese. The, uh, did you have to read a lot of the? I used to be, be I've fallen off reading it now, but I used to love reading the Fourteen Times on the Tube. Yeah, that was mm. that's a great magazine. Did you read that much, Joey? Or I don't know, I think I've read it that one. The Fourteen Times. Oh man, you would love it. Yeah, I remember. I, I was reading one about there was a a story about there was a a kind of like a, a Wendigo in some woods in Scotland. And it was just like this big write up about, you know, the, the sightings of him and sort. And then right at the end, it said, and there was another sighting by someone who saw him, and he said he just looked like an old hobo and he was wearing a up partic <laughs> thistle badge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll write that had a TV show, didn't it? In the sort of mid 90s, wasn't it? I'm going to say it's been going about 34 years, that magazine. And they've got a comics review section as well. Oh, cool. Because the dude came around Thought Bubble last time and was chatting to us about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's worth nice. looking. Yeah. Real? Well, that, there's a perfect avenue for your work. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I saw yeah. a fucking uh, greyhound in my... Fu- uh, sorry, I'll oh, fuck the joke up. Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. It well, finally... Well, fucking a greyhound. That's that, that yeah. do me. You know. I said I saw, I saw a kangaroo fucking in the park the other day. I went racing over it. It's just a greyhound having a shit. <laughs> 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 my god I'm not sure if it's worth it but there we go <laughs> it's right, but I, appre- the I appreciated the commitment to it yeah. Yeah. committed to the bit yeah yeah. so um, obviously you, you move from like um, folk horror um, to other things like, like stay awake now this is an interesting thing stay awake because it's it's all to do with, like, well, tell tell us in your words how you would say I'll stay awake to people. Okay. Yeah. So um, basically, <clears throat> it's uh, exploring the experience of people experiencing uh, sleep disorders. So you start off the story with a psychologist, um, and he's got three patients that he is. Uh, had under his wing over the last couple of years but one day uh, a detective knocks on his door and tells him that the three patients that were under his care have turned up dead and they're under suspicious circumstances and she forces him to revisit each case um, and each of them are suffering like some unusual um, weird uh, experiences so the one of the women in the story she's suffering through uh, suffering uh, sleep paralysis which is a disorder where you go to bed at night and uh, you you can't you wake up and you can't actually move, but you can see uh, like something really vividly. Like some some people see this thing called the old hag, 
yeah. um, which is like an old woman, and she can scream in your face, stand on your bed, and you can it's like you can feel it, uh, and see something sitting on your chest and something really so it's like in a, like a lucid dream, and so the whole story is really teetering on the edge. Does this thing really exist, or does it not? And it's leaving it up to the to the reader, you know. Like at the end of each case, it's like, oh god, it did sound like something was, you know, unusual was happening, or the like. The psychologist is the person, you know, with the facts. He's straight, he's narrow, and he's saying, oh well, she just needed some uh, sleeping tablets, or she was suffering from the loss of her mom, and she was just having dreams about her mom, and you know that's why she you know killed herself or something like that so it's and then it all you know climaxes at the end of uh you know what really happened but it's so quite, it's yeah. quite an in-depth i mean those sort of I, like i've watched sort of documentary about stuff like that and that mm. is terrifying you know because obviously mm. yeah i think for everyone sleep um is seen and i think that's why um nightmare and elm street is so popular sleep sleep is to be sort of like attacked or to be so because you're vulnerable while you sleep but also people see it as like a safe space don't they yeah Yeah. oh when i'm asleep everything everything's all right the world is shit but when i go to sleep it's all all right and (laughs) i I was going to go proper method and i was like looking into you know inducing the the sleep paralysis Oh, uh, seriously! And I and I lived I lived alone, and then I, I read that it can affect you for months and years. You oh know, after you you know, if you've done it once, I was like, nah, Jim. Well, uh, yeah, I've <laughs> had yeah. some of that. I've had some sedation for a sort of minor hospital thing a few times recently, and I act like an absolute wanker under that. I've got to tell you, that's another thing. You sort of half aware. It's like lucid dreaming. You're half aware of yourself mm. doing it, and. Um, you know, you, you, but you you still do it. So one of them, I kept asking the woman if she had enough petrol for her car. You know, who was doing it? Mm. And the other one, I just kept going ah, like this at the at the doctor. Well, that could be that could be every bloody week. He's yeah, to be right fair. Now, don't and of course, he's afterwards. He was the nurses were laughing at me. And of course, the first thing you think about is, did I get a boner? <laughs> why, the is the, you think, why is that the first thing? Well, you do well, I suppose. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, First, something like that. Dangerous. Though, um, it's very much psychological horror, isn't it? Like, like yeah. sorry, that, that's what. How difficult is that to convey in comics? Um, I think it's. I think it's um, like, can, easier. Can a sort of like, can a. Um, I mean, this is more giallo, but can a Suspiria work well in comics? Does that make yes, sense? It's a- you know, that's yeah. such a like a giallo thing. You yeah, mean. you know, there's a, all, yeah. a lot of like psychological horror and stuff. It seems like it's all, it's all built built around sort of obviously in films you've got cinematography, atmosphere, but also mm-hmm. music and sound. But yeah. when you're there's writing a lot more tools in yeah, for a film. when you're writing yeah. horror, you've got to work extra hard, don't you? Because you don't have that soundtrack. You've probably got a soundtrack yeah. in your head when you're writing it. Yeah, yeah. But you've yeah, kind of, re- you've all, yeah, you've kind of got to write. You got to direct the listener. In a yeah. certain way through your words, aren't you? How do you find yeah. that? Hundred uh, percent. Well, I I use a soundtrack to write. Obviously, you can't, you know, use that in the actual story. So you've really, I think it's all about the setting uh, first and foremost. You know, um, and the shadows and the colours that you that are going to be used. And mm-hmm. with with Stay Awake, um, definitely we used uh, the shadows to our advantage because like there's like two tones in the shadows and sometimes like if you're looking at in some light you can see something 
appear in there and sometimes you know you can't if it if it's too dark um so oh really that, that, that's yeah because quite... you know i mentioned the uncoated paper as well yeah you know, if you yeah. if it was really you know bright you know you couldn't see but if it was dark you, you could see something you know so it makes the reader look twice when if a scene is leading somewhere and someone's saying there's something there uh, in the corner of the room that's great yeah it's nice yeah. Yeah, yeah, so it's it's making the reader think, oh shit, is something there or isn't it there? And making the reader think twice. Um, but I think also pacing is a massive thing as well. It's not giving the reader what they want to see straight straight away. Like you know, what what is it that is scaring this person? It's leading it up with dialogue, leading uh, the person that's actually seen this thing that is scaring them. You know, telling them the things that it's done, the noises that it's making. Uh, the sounds that is scratching on the wall, um, and really insinuating the the lead up to a scene. So, like if a, a guy's heard, heard a noise in a room, it's like close upon the uh, the man climbing the stairs, the floorboards creaking, close upon the door handle, and then another panel of it unlocking, and just really building the scenes. Because um, about pacing, isn't it? it yeah, hundred really yeah. percent. Because you know you can't. Somebody can flick through a page so quickly, so it's really you know spreading out over a couple of panels. So they mm. they can't they can't get mm. to that you know big that big moment so quickly, and it's just like oh, but it's like oh you know for, you're for, you're you're really following the character. You're there with them and experiencing the unlocking of the doors, the creeping of the front, you know. It's, See to yeah. me that's the that's the ability that comics has over other mediums, mm-hmm. um, possibly books is the same. Is that the um, the speed at which you ingest it or control the movement of it or whatever you're going to call it, watch it happen, is us. You yeah. know you can't do that with a film. You know you can't do no. that with a radio play or something like that. But with a, a comic, you can slow down or speed up depending on what's happening. You know? And you can go back and look at things easier. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's interesting. It's also um, it can be. Uh, I I would imagine. A sort of a, a trickier sell in some kind of ways for a lot of these um, these tales where there, there there is a lot of work that's done in the build up and the the yeah. slow sort of you know the, the extension of the tension and things, um, mm. but sometimes that involves a lot of maybe a lot of dialogue or a lot of characterization, which is hugely yeah. important, but which we've all done in in our work in our work, but. You know, sometimes if someone just picks up and looks through, quickly looks through the comic, and I've certainly done this with PDFs, you know, even digital comics, I'll flick through, and sometimes my brain will go, "Cool, this is quite wordy." It's not until mm. I go back and read yeah. it and see mm. how important. Invest those... yourself in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. I think it's ha- it's having the right balance, mm-hmm. um, you know, but having those scenes where there's not much dialogue and it's just like. Or you you're creeping with the character, or you you you're following the footsteps of the character for a couple of pages, and there's there's no dialogue at all. And then when it cuts back to a scene where they're describing the events or something, you know, it can be, you know, a little bit more wordy because you've had that little break in between, you know, that space in between with, um, you know, no dialogue at all. Yeah. Um, it's all about you know balancing that, and then maybe splitting that up in in, in chunks, you know, throughout that the twenty four pages. Um, that's what I, I like to tend to do because I'm, you know, I'm like yourself, you know, if it's just full on words through the whole comic, you know, you, you start to 
it's, it's like the it's the old Hammer bit. horror movies used to spend twenty minutes explaining who Dracula was again. Mm, you know, yeah. it's like that, isn't it? Or just to get to the castle, you like you're there for twenty five <laughs> yeah. minutes before mm. you're actually at Castle Dracula. And like, I mean, I love I love the whole sort of feeling of those sort of films. But some people would be like, "Oh, blimey, this is a bit slow." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and certainly, um, you know, some of our favourite books that we've talked about on this show, like you know, Let's All Die, is very much in a lot of the characterization, like I say, it's the pacing and knowing when to hit that, well, sometimes mm. literally the, the hammer, the hammer drop. When the hammer falls, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. And it is all about the stinger. So as as a sort of, um, as someone who's um, got a growing collection of comics at their convention table, mm. when, when, when we're at conventions, of course, and, uh, <laughs> you know, um, do you, is it something that you that you're thinking about when people come to your table to to look at your books, knowing that there's a certain way you've paced a book, and sometimes with horror, it's all it's all in the end, isn't it? You know, sometimes mm. if someone flicks through and sees the end, mm-hmm. that can that can really spoil a, yeah. a horror story. Sometimes is that something you're you're aware of when people are looking through books at your table? My son did that to me with Walking Dead. He just showed me one of the pages and I went, oh, thanks, son. <laughs> <laughs> well, if, if someone, um, if, you know, if someone comes up to the table, um, you know, they'll, they'll pick up a book and if it's not issue one, I'll say, oh, no, that, that that's issue three, you know, so there's issue one. Because if it's single issues, you know, mm. you know it, you, you're kind of safe uh, for the time. But if you did see something, then you don't know in the context of what it is really and if mm. but if it's enough for them to see that bit and then them to buy it go away and buy it and read it well that's that's great but um yeah so i tend to you know just to tell people that, that come by the table you know um first off i ask if you know they like horror and what 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 kind of genres they into because i'm trying trying to cover all the bases now with like psychological mm. folk horror um that's a real string to the bow isn't it if if you're a creator yeah. making horror comics you yeah. know that people that like horror comics mm. probably they they've got a fav- we've all got a favorite type of horror haven't we yeah it's yeah you know so if, if you've got something that caters to that to that taste you can immediately sort of like completely lock in to them and sort of say oh yeah. well you're like this yeah yeah definitely like super you know supernatural ghost island and you know all, all all those so I'm just... yeah, some people might like the sort of buffy end of horror some you yeah. know yeah there's mm, the classic yeah. monsters there's loads isn't there yeah, yeah. it's, it's yeah. like a lot of these genres there's so much to it yeah. you know, it's such a widespread that it's almost had its own its own niche genres attached to it now isn't it mm. yeah and you know if you don't want to if you don't want to you know jump into a series or you've this is your first indie comic or and you don't want to you know, wait for a couple of years for the whole series to come out. You know, you could pick up one of the horror anthologies that have got like all the short stories in. Mm. It's just something yeah. short and snappy for them to pick up. Yeah, um, anthologies yeah. are so important to the horror genre. I think. Uh, yeah, of them all, and, I think of all, uh, yeah. of all genres. I think yeah, horrors, yeah. yeah. And yeah. I, th- I think, um, in my personal opinion, a horror anthology is, for me personally, a lot more successful than a lot mm. of other anthologies that are out there, um, because. Um, because you you do have that like back to the EC again, you know you've got mm-hmm. that you've got that start middle and end you know the shock you know ho- hopefully some hor- some indie horror stories seemingly have no end in an anthology. <laughs> do you know what I mean? You know when it just sort of stops and you think what was that ending? Yeah. Um, yeah. But when they're done right, they can. Uh, 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 it's got to be clever th- enough for yeah. for ninety percent of the people reading it to understand it. That's why I think it's got to be clever enough, but 
everyday Joe public enough for people to get yeah. it. You know, yeah. Yeah. you, you yeah. can't see the twist coming, but you've got to see it when it arrives. Yeah. You know, so there's yeah. a real tri- trick to it. You know, and you can really yeah. creep people out. You know, I've been creeped out by quite a few sort of horror short stories. Maybe more, uh, probably a lot more so than like I've never been creeped out by an issue of The Walking Dead. Even though I followed that series for a long time, but yeah, I did the first hundred issues. Yeah, and I sort of dropped off. Yeah, a bit. same, yeah. same, same, same with me. Um, but certainly, there's been some horror shorts that have just lived with you. There's more of a shock <laughs> tactic thing, I think, with The Walking Dead, and he does that. It's almost you can see it working. You can see his brain, the, the wheels going around, can't you? Because he'll just do something. You know, like the famous when. His missus got shot that time. I'm sure we all know yeah. what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, there's that sort of thing in it. Or when they kill off people suddenly, that's that's more of a shock tactic for me. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. But that's the whole like you say. You got to build them up to kind of kill them off. Yeah. And once you sort of like start get to understand the rhythm of it and the language. Yeah. Sometimes you can sort of see it coming in yeah. a way. Yeah. I think we're almost in Dan's question, aren't we? We probably answered it a bit. Yes. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah, yeah. Dan. It's Dan's question of the week this week, and he's come up with a really good horror one. So, Dan, do you want to read it out for us? Yeah, let me just track back to where I said it on the WhatsApp. Obviously, it doesn't <laughs> uh, So, my question for this show was, what effective tools does a comic creator have to tell a decent horror story? Uh, I could have worded that a little better, but you, you get the, the gist of what <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah, saying. Yeah. yeah, totally, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do we offer it up to the guest yeah, first? Yeah, have you got, yeah, what, Joe, what do you think, Joe? Yeah, so um, I think you touched on it before about you know with the pacing and yeah. the framing of framing of the shots and building up the shots. But another thing I'll probably add would be um, the you know like the the, the details. Uh, so sorry, page turns is probably you know a yeah, big that's one. a big one. Yeah, 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 an obvious one. Um, so it's maybe. the jump shot of the isn't it? In a while. Yeah, 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 and uh, I, you know I don't like to use it too much because you know it's like you know an obvious thing to do sometimes um uh but uh yeah so another one is like the details of the uh characters facial expressions you know if you've got really good artists then you can really compose that you know the face uh, of the character you know what they're feeling in that moment Mm. i think that's a a big a big really big thing in telling the story in horror um and you know showing their emotions of you know are they really scared are they unsettled you know not like like over hamming it up um that's a big one and like also playing with the the shots as well you know if they're really good you can do a reflection in the eye of the the character if something's there in the room um you know back to the back to the shadows as well you know is there something there isn't there something there that, yeah, it's the that, budget thing isn't it again yeah going back to comics i mean you, you don't need to spend all that money on getting that special lens that lynch mm. used you know <laughs> yeah. to see yeah it's the no. murderer in someone's eyeball or something yeah 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 but we can do what we like with it yeah yeah that, that's the freedom you've got with comics isn't it you know you yeah it's not like some big million dollar cgi budget that you need for a film or yeah. you know you, the artist who can you know mm. really smash it out yeah, yeah. no i say do you think the the art matters in a horror comic as in being able to capture that i know all art matters in comics, art. but yeah yeah, does, yeah. Oh, for me um I'm, I'm really i'm really picky with my art and you know with, with things i read as well it, you know has to look a certain way i'm just mm. fussy but um, there's a certain re- there's a realism to a lot of your yeah your, your yeah you know, yeah there's, there's, prop, there's, there's almost like a proper physicality to people it's not like yeah. cartoony is it yeah. yeah yeah but back to what what I was saying earlier you know it I want 
the reader to be able to relate to some characters, you know, and be in those situations with them. And also, you know, uh, be able to experience like this would be happening in the real world. So trying to try and capture that real world as, as, as much as possible. So yeah, like art, art is really important with, you know, capturing the facial expressions of characters and capturing, you know, the, the, the lighting and setting up of the scenes. You know, I'm, I'm quite descriptive with the scripts that I write, um, with how they, how they're framed and, you know, what angle they're at. And, you know, so, it's very, right. very, very, very rare that, you know, the artist will send the, the, the art back to me and we'll ever do a revision because they've they've, sm- they've nailed it because, you know, I, I gave the instructions there. And they've also, you know, added their own nice touch to it as well, you know. It's, so hmm. yeah. I think having that collaborative vision as well with an artist is important, is really important for horror because you can show someone punching someone in any way you want in a superhero magazine, but comic. But the thing is with horror, there's so much you need to not show when you're doing yeah. something, you know, so you have to be careful, don't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that goes back to the script, yeah, and just, yeah. you know, being clear for you. For your artists, you know, if you, I've I've worked with the same artists for two or three series now, and you know, you know that really helps understand the vision as well. You know, yeah, mm. they, they know what you want, and you know. Have you got any favourite horror artists at all, dude? Who you sort of you enjoy? Oh, you know, I get it goes back to I'm not really in touch with you know lots yeah. of big artists out there. I just know you know the ones that work with on the indie scenes really what what they're doing yeah well would they i mean in terms of and lots of people are probably going to shout their ipods or whatever they listen to this (laughs) on um and i mean we've talked about some classic horror artists your your bernie wrightson your richard corbin etc etc you know some of the classics (laughs) in terms of modern like fantastic horror artists you know, um, who are some of the like the immediate names that would come to mind? I can't. I mean, I'm my mind's going blank. So, uh, Tony. What yeah, you that's interesting, isn't it? I think. That's um, tough, yeah. It's it's there, a weird. Horror is a weird area. Fantastic horror work. There are there are artists that do fantastic horror work. Yeah. Um, you know, but I wouldn't necessarily you know immediately peg them as a horror artist. You know, it's um. You know, whereas like, um, is it is it Kelly Jones? Yeah, I think he's great. Yeah, yeah I think he's, but, he's he works really well. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm just looking around me now, trying to think because yeah. most of the horror stuff I read is really old. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I've just read <laughs> just read a load of House of Mystery and House of Secrets and, this and, week and in preparation. Yeah, like certainly with the indie small press scene as well. Sometimes a brilliant artist can be sort of overlooked um, in the horror genre because sometimes you know their art is just say realistic and 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 it fits the story so well that it, it's not immediately like you know it's not a super painted you know not not over the top it's just it does horror so well that sometimes people overlook it i think that does happen yeah sometimes. i think you're right i think people don't realize but dave mckean's last book raptor was a horror book you know, it's right, this okay, post-apocalyptic yeah. landscape in the front in the future. But because it's Dave McKean, no one would say, "Oh, he's done a horror book." You know, he's done this sort of, you know, there's a verisimilitude in the, you know, static story. You know, they probably go into flowery phrases, but essentially, it's a horror book. Yeah, you know? it's the classic sort of like horror has that stigma, doesn't it? It's sort of like, um, you yeah. know, you know, like like when Get Out came out, and like a lot of people took ownership 
for it yeah. in, in a lot of ways. Um, but obviously, the, the director was like, well, it's still a horror film. Yeah, I hope basis. he did. Yeah, I'm pleased yeah. with that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, obviously, it's, it's, wonder- it's wonderful they worked on so many levels, but that's what horror can do. Horror can totally work on a million levels, and you can. I think it's sometimes you say some more important messages through horror yeah. if it's done I think well. One of the more recent ones I read was that Thistlebone, and Simon Davis did that. And I'm, I'm an absolute, I'm a mad mm. for Simon Davis. Yeah, yeah. I think it's incredible. I've got pages slain here in front of me, and the thing that he does is he paints. He uses models as well, but the the sort of the single image models he gets with the the fear in their face, he does really well. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really important thing because he's a portrait artist, you know, as well as a comic artist. You know, fuck knows what he's doing in comics, but because he, you know, but he's uh, he does these incredible faces with just like fear and blood and uh, just incredible stuff. I absolutely mm-hmm. love his stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's always fascinating when I, I see um, an artist that wouldn't necessarily be in the horror genre take on. You know, if you if you know someone that's known for like a like an animated style or or something, and they're like, "Oh, I've got this horror story," and I'm like, "That's fascinating. How well is that going to work?" Is I'm going to keep my powder dry because I'm talking about someone in the recommends who I think is who's changed over to horror, and yeah. um, I don't I don't oh, want to spoil yeah, it. But yeah, fucking hell. you know Fair the enough. one I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, in terms of um, you know, tools as well. Back to the the question, Dan. I and I think for um certainly an in, an indie creator um and it's a topic we've talked about quite a few times i think one of the most important things that a horror book can have is its cover and i say that because all of us horror fans out there you know or modern horror fans however you however you browse for your movies but i remember going into the video store looking at the covers and i'd be sold on whatever that fucking thing was, based yeah. on the badass cover, horror that. has that. Horror does that. It, it completely is. People will pick horror fans pick things up based on a cover. A lot. Of the oh, time. mate! Since creepy and eerie, and yeah. e- well, since EC comics, look at the the effect yeah. that those covers had on literally the whole of the comics industry and the world because yeah. they were so fucking gory. Mm. All the kids were picking them up, you know? Yeah, yeah. And we do, Alleg- we do Allegedly. Like, we, we do, like, cover picks, and I, I know we've said, like, you know, um, me and Dan sometimes go for the more designy sort of covers, but they don't. Yeah. that yep. doesn't always work for horror unless it's, you know... Yeah. Sometimes you just oh, need some... something visceral or something that creep you out or just... I like a word balloon on a horror cover. I've got to tell you, with it, like, oh, oh Johnny, why have you come home with that zombie? <laughs> you know, I like that sort of thing, you know? Oh, there's a cover. <laughs> yeah. Someone draw that cover. <laughs> Um, but I've noticed, uh, Joey, that like you know, if you go to like afterlightcomics.com and there's the wonderful Ooh. selection of like, you just think, Jesus, this this dude's done loads. Um, <laughs> but like all of your comic covers, um, whether they're, I mean, some of them are, have got a bit of an influence for some horror mo- horror movies. But mm. every single one of them looks like a horror movie poster. Is that something that that is in your mind when you come up with these books as well? Uh, like like how important that cover is for the yeah. story. Yeah, definitely has to have elements of what the story is about, you know, on mm. the cover. And you know, I'm not going to missell it to be, you know, people. Um, but yeah, I think it's with with the Stay Awake series. Um, like each of those covers, there's like a clue to what happens in the story because um, it was like a psychological horror. You know, there's like mm. something from those covers that features uh, in small details in in the story. Um, as well as like the Wendigo wood covers, you know, the the scenes from from the from the inside the book as well, like things that happen. Um, 
But yes, they've, got, they've got a wonderful sort of like uh, you know horror movie poster design to it, like issue three of yeah. Wendigo Wood. Wood. Yeah, that's yeah. a total. That's a total <laughs> horror movie poster, isn't it? Really. Sort of <laughs> yeah, I think I might come from my my filmmaking background. You know, like the vision. You know, because I'm very visual and yeah. I, you know, imagine when whenever I write a story, I basically I've played it out in my head of how I want it to look and the shots and you know how it should how it should uh, play out. Mm. So maybe like the. You know, when I send the descriptions out to the cover artists, you know, know. we say this every we say this every year when we do a horror episode. Joey is is it's the one genre. I mean, we we love talking about comics and not movies on this podcast, but it's the one genre that you can't avoid these days mentioning horror movies because they're so tied in together. Um, And the thing is about like horror is is it goes in fashions as well. I think you see. Like we yeah. like we're saying that you know slasher movies were popular for a while, and then we saw these sort of almost like um, political horror movies, didn't we? We were socio political, yeah. yeah. and then we obviously had the folk horror thing going on for a while, and yeah, and I think comics often follows that, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. And we've seen a lot of the sort of fantasy element horror ones recently. I mean, Barbaric yeah. is a horror book in a way, isn't yeah. it? You know, yeah. it's got a flesh eating yeah. axe in it, for God's sake. You yeah. Know? Yeah, and well, yeah. and also like the fantasy genre can have that total crossover. Yeah, um, with horror. I mean, certainly, um, we were talking before the show. Um, Dan was talking about Conan, and there's certainly there's certainly a, there's a lot of Conan oh yeah, Kulangothoth, and yeah, 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 yeah. There's a lot, of, a lot of the stuff, and you know, the, the Solomon cross- Kane is a horror book. Yeah, when you look at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah so horror can do so much. Can't it, really, if you think about it. it it's a, it's a genre that people always. Will certainly sometimes will say, "Oh, horror is dying," or you know, this is, it's had its time, but then something just gives it an injection, doesn't it? You know, mm-hmm. you know yeah. what? What excites? I mean, you're, you're clearly like a massive horror fan, Joe. What? What? What excites you about horror? Is, is it? Is it a constant, or or you know, have have your tastes and the things that inspire you change over the years? Um. I think I like what I like, you know, over the last couple mm. of years, you know, not many horror films have come out that have really, you know, excited me. Mm. And but really, it's my frustration that that that's the story that I'm looking for to watch on Netflix or to, to read in a book or to read a story. It ends up being something that I will write. You know, it's I'm writing for what I want to see, what that's I want to yeah, watch. Yeah, so... Yeah you know that that's all where all my writing comes from you know um if i'm writing for something if you're writing for something for someone else you know it becomes a job so it's about writing what i literally want to read myself really i'm doing it for my own you know selfish reasons um but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm a bit of I'm a horror fan, film fan. I think we all are but i get a bit snobby yeah. about it so i get people who say oh my god did you see that horror film Jaws, mm. wasn't it frightening? Mm. And I say, oh, have you tried any Nazi exploitation movies? <laughs> I always get the, the, the thing when people say, oh, like, I actually quite like horror films. It's like, yeah, so do fucking loads of people. Yeah. It's like, you're talking yeah. like it's some like yeah. minute genre that only like a real yeah. specialist taste. Oh, have yeah. you seen loads Get Out? Isn't it brilliant? Oh, God. Yeah. You know, it's like that. Mm. You know, yeah. try some Full Moon Studios movies, my friend. I mean, yeah. hor- horror is the is the dirty, se- it's the guilty secret that makes money all the time, isn't it? Um, yeah. And it's the classic sort of, uh, you know, people can, can make a horror movie for peanuts. They market mm. it for peanuts. And they, I love that, and they, man. I love that much yeah. more than yeah. 
let's get those two A-listers in and yeah. you can't, you're not allowed to hear things or you can't see things as you wander across. It's boring, boring. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think, I think yeah. with like the low, more, more low budget, they're allowed to have a bit more freedom and yeah. creativity. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe yeah. that's and that why used to be the so way much. with 70s and early 80s horror films. You used to watch them and think, these people are fucked in the head who made this. You know, that was the thing I used <laughs> yeah. to love about it because it came from these little, you know, there's all these stories about, is it Lucio Fulci or Reguero Diodato who paid for the fucking cast to go missing? For cannibal holocaust, because <laughs> and, and he got nicked for murder because they thought the, the fan footage shot, shots were real. You know, he did but two weeks fed into it and people were fucking yeah, yeah and that yeah. sort of mystery to it. And I remember watching stuff that you know was was then then became a video nasty. And you know, you're thinking, Jesus, Driller Killer, oh my god, yeah. you know, stuff like that. But now it's, it's certain certain horror is very Hollywood, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, you know, and you can tell what's happening. Okay. Yeah, it's the old uh, design by committee. Yeah, yeah, you can tell you can tell any story in comics. Obviously, that's the beauty of this medium that we all love, mm. and certainly horror is the genre of a million faces. Um, but a question for all of you: What do you think is the most difficult horror subgenre to actually execute in a comic book? Mm. Um, I, I off the top of my head, um, maybe, and I haven't really thought about this clearly. I, I, every week, I don't think about what I'm going to say. Uh, um, but part of me thinks would found footage or found that would be an interesting experiment to do in a comic book. How would you pace out that sort of mystery for the reader? Yeah, like the Blair Witch wouldn't work in a comic. I don't no, know. no, you're, just, you're so no. sucked in. You, you, you know, yeah, yeah. But, I'm going to say, I was going to say kaiju, but... A kai, kaiju? You think kaiju's the most difficult? Yeah, because you got you haven't got that scale in a comic, have you? You haven't got that the sound effects. The enormity of it. It's you true, know. but it's a massive genre, isn't it? A massive I'm, I'm, I'm taking this as a challenge, Vince, I'll have a crack at any other. Okay, <laughs> oh! can you do... Um, <laughs> por- porno horror, I think it's... Uh, yeah, horror. porno horror. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Make it a big omnibus. That's a tough one. Yeah. Mm. I mean, because, I mean, we always talk about the virtues of comic books and comic books can do anything. and and so, But some things are difficult to do in a comic book. But are those the things that sh- we should be seeking out to try and do? Because if you can achieve, if you can do that, if you can actually, if you can do that found footage and get it to work, I, I mean, I think the problem with that in a comic book, um, off the top of my head, we just see we're collaborating. Oh, we'll probably have to cut this out because we're all going to work on this and release it next year. No, um, but but with that as a comic book, it's a one and done experience. It is not necessarily a re-readable experience because you would need for something like that. You would need to unless you drop in clues. What do you do well, to make it a re-readable I'll be talking experience? About, I'm going to talk about one later, so I'm dropping out this conversation. <laughs> My recommend contains this. Yeah, the found footage is like you're using the medium of the film to show what's happened to these mm. people. So you, the, the equivalent would be showing a comic to show what happened to the people making the comic. See what yeah. I mean? Yeah. It's, it's a tricky, tricky ask because yeah. it doesn't depends on how you do it, isn't it? You can do anything. Yeah. You can make anything horrific in comics. Have you seen, did you ever read, um, the unbeatable squirrel girl? That was fucking scary. <laughs> as fuck, <laughs> <up>. <laughs> uh, all right then Joe, we've laid the gauntlet down, you know, <laughs> Um, I mean, I think I, just... I would have said like probably sometimes ghost stories, but I've been so I've been so freaked out and spooked by so many brilliant small press 
like ghost stories whether it's stuff that that like like joey's done or like say sarah gordon you know junji ito you know yeah. is, will he's make got me... another new one out this week isn't he he's, really he's a machine. yeah yeah mm. um he's a nightmare factory <laughs> put a couple uh, of these books on my wish list to get because I've no, read a couple. Yeah, yeah, they, they, they are always head fucks. Um, but one thing about um, going back to like Afterlight comics as, as well, Joe, because I, I, I mean, essentially, you're a you're a, like a like a machine, like you're coming out with these sort of universes and stories and stuff. Mm-hmm. But how did Elena? come to pass because that's something a bit different for you isn't it yeah yeah so um uh, we obviously always open for submissions and you know publishing other people's works uh, mm. through afterlight comics the submissions are always open on the on the website um so i was looking for i was looking for horror comics myself you know to to bring to bring under the banner kind of thing and um I landed on webtoons.com. You guys know that one. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and was just looking through the horror genre. And some of them, you know, is a bit like not re- like real horror. It's like, you know, uh, like anime style kind of, you know, a bit, bit more innocent. Um, but one that really stood out was, was Elena. And it had finished um, uploading as episodes uh, for three years ago. And it would upload as like a, a weekly episode, uh, web comic, uh, like a couple of pages every week. And I, I reached out to the artist, and you know, I was, I was, you know, I loved the story. The artwork was just phenomenal. So uh, I messaged them and, and reached out and said, you know, would like to bring out a physical copy of the work, and if you'd like to work together, and we'll. Um, We'll, we'll take care of the distribution and you know get the copies sent over oh, nice. all over the world and you know get it for, get get the print one done and send your copies and um that, that's it was really really simple and as as easy as that it was Jorge uh, Jaramillo is in, is the artist's name and the writer mm-hmm. and yeah he was just a pleasure to work with and you know got a good good relationship and i mean this yeah. is a book that's definitely on my wish list it looks gorgeous. <laughs> yeah. i missed out on the kickstarter at the time but it looks absolutely gorgeous like 200 yeah. plus pages but you know yeah. what's it about because it sounds creepy as fuck <laughs> yeah so the the small synopsis of it is it's uh carlo mali is a man with a distorted idea of love in his childhood, he searched for others he could connect with, only to find himself unable to make friends with the living. That is until Elena Dyer moved next door. A friendship unfolds, but Elena's past is not one even Carl could be ready to accept. Um, so it's it's something it is something a bit un- more unusual from what we would usually do, and it's not a horror romance per se, but it's more of a twisted horror love story kind of thing the cover Um, cover gives you a good uh, like it it (laughs) looks creepy yeah it's got it's got psycho uh hitchcock psycho vibes to it basically nice um and we've all been there (laughs) (laughs) mother yeah (laughs) and yeah it's uh, apparently it's inspired by true events that Oh, he told me i've not oh right yeah (laughs) Uh, but yeah 
Oh, wow. I mean, I mean, it looks great. I mean, it's a it's a nice, really big, perfect bound book as well. Nice thick pages, uncoated paper again that Jorge wanted to do as well. Um, agreed on. So yeah, it's really it's really nice, nice finished book, and it was our first perfect bound, like big oversized book that we did, which was great. Oh wow! What led yeah. to your um, real sort of like love of like the uncoated paper and stuff? Was it was it something that you've always been a fan of, or was it purely because you can do those experiments that you were talking about earlier with it? Yeah, well, I think it was um, first. First of all, it was just like being in comic shops and like seeing you know some some of the comic books were like on this really light newspaper. Um, type material, stuff, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, it, yeah, and and it was cheaper, and you know it, it smelled best, and they're they're really light, which yeah. you know, if you've got a you light try comic... lifting a long box <laughs> with modern comics in it compared to lifting a long box with, um, you know, nineteen eighties comics, and it's much lighter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just think of the floorboards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, like, just seeing those for myself and seeing what the color happens with the colors, you know, that was really appealing to me, and just something that somebody can pick up. You know that they're not too expensive to make. You know it's lighter paper means lighter shipping to be sent. You know abroad. You know and if people are making, you know, buying more comics, you know it's going to be cheaper shipping for them, so they're more encouraged to, you know, buy buy more comics from us. Mm, So you know, you know that comes that comes secondary. You know, first and foremost is you know does it work with the artwork and does it you know does it work for the work for the comic? Um, So. Yeah, I've used uncoated paper for two of my two of the horror series that I've done now, and uh, they've they've gone down really well. Just because I think it the horror artwork with with uncoated paper, I think it it does it does go hand in hand with you know the the sh- the shades and the shadows. And I think there's the an element to me horror comics should have that um, trashy, mm. you know, sort of culty. Um, uh, niche thing about them where you you don't mind rolling up it you know it's the old movies where there's a kid reading the horror comic you know yeah. and he rolls it up and puts it in his back pocket and cycles home I kind of like that about it yeah I know? love that yeah yeah yeah, I, love that, yeah. yeah yes. I agree <laughs> roll it up and put it in your back pocket <laughs> yeah, <basically. laughs> see, see somebody buying one at Comic Con and then just roll it <laughs> roll it <laughs> get on their BMX and they're off. <laughs> 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 I think the comics are, are kind of like missed the the, the the disposability. I know we've been That's over that. Such before. a shame, isn't it? Yeah. It's like we talked about last week. Backing and boarding is for nonces. You know, it's clean. You know, you you, you got to read them. Don't put them in bags. Don't don't slab them. You know. Yeah. Yeah. For reading. Yeah, yeah. They, we're creating stuff to be read, aren't we? Really. Yeah. Um, whether it, whether it's a quick like thirty second read or. You know, you're going to be there for like a couple of days reading a graphic novel. These things are there to be experienced. Yeah. Well, the the idea for me is like you know the the single issues will be smaller, they'll be thinner, and they'll be cheaper for you know people to to pick up and read. And then when it comes to the trade, you know, we'll be a you know bigger, much bigger book, and it'll mm. be you know more meatier. And you know, mm. obviously, you're going to look after, look after that one and put it on your bookshelf, hopefully. So mm. yeah. Okay. Okay. Little bit of a Kickstarter talk before we um, head on to the shout outs because obviously, as we've um, alluded to, you've done a lot of your um, books through Kickstarter. You're one of the good ones, knows how what they're doing. You've probably learned an awful lot over the time of doing it. Um, what advice would you have to a horror creator who's launching their book on Kickstarter? Yeah. Oof. 
it's a broad question. It's a broad, it's a broad question. <laughs> yeah. But I would yeah. imagine, like, you know, there's, cer- there's certain books, um, like your, your TNA books, they're always mm. going to do more. <laughs> We've ranted yeah. about them a lot, a lot of the time. Um, and to, to to launch a superhero book on Kickstarter is probably there's one in a million, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but what have your experiences been of putting horror out on on Kickstarter? You know, you've built up a bit of a following now, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, and it you know it didn't come overnight. You know, got to mm. be hold hands up and you know be honest. You know, it, it was a it was a long 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 road to get to a point where mm. I'm doing kickstarters quite frequently you know you've got mm. you you've got to have that audience ready and waiting for you to well not waiting for you but you know get gauging the interest with people you know telling people networking uh getting people excited about your kickstarter is so important you know the first two you know i think your first couple, first week on kickstarters make or break you know for the funding uh with terms of momentum you got to make your bed um, before you launch a, a lot yeah anything. Yeah. I think yeah. some people get confused like Kickstarter is just a store sometimes and you just click launch and you know people are just going to flood to you kind of yeah. in a page and god I wish it was that easy you know but it yeah. but it's not because we'd, we'd all be doing it you know yeah. um, so I think it's having a clear log line really helps definitely with, with your horror comic um, I know some people don't like it but I like to do just a two one sentence or two sentences just pitch me pitch me a comic on what it's going to be like if if it's longer than a paragraph i'm not going to read it to be honest it's you know if you're not going to catch the interest of you know people on the phones all the time and flicking through stuff and it's only a sentence or or so you know they can read that and if it's enough to grab their attention go for it i mean ghost island you know I, i dubbed it as jurassic park but with ghosts you know it's as simple as that, and if you're mm. in it, you're in it, and if you're not, you're not. That's you know, that's it. Um, but obviously, don't dub it as something that it's not going to be as well, because then you're just going to get pissed yeah. off <laughs> people. Um, but yeah, having having a really catchy line is is really super helpful to people, and you know, a couple of pages of artwork. Obviously, you've got to have. I'd say minimum of five pages of artwork to show. You know, you've got to show you've got skin in the game. You, if it's your first Kickstarter, you've got, you've got to show that, you know, you're invested in it. Um, it's not just a wall of text and one page. Um, you, you know, make, make your page look nice, presentable. Just just copy off other creators' layouts, you know. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's what I did from the start. You know, I looked at ones that were doing really well, just copied the method and used it ever since you know copy mine go on my kickstores and just look at the previews and um and uh, do it that way but it's it's a long road you gotta be patient um i could probably i could go on a whole podcast about yeah. tips and yeah. stuff yeah but that's, yeah you know, that's i mean really... i think with horror as well um a lot of it is is sometimes show don't tell but yeah we're with some of some books especially when you've got a one big reveal for for just say you're, you're doing your first issue and the one big reveal is at the end of the issue you kind of don't want to spoil that surprise so yeah. you can't put it on your kickstarter page so it's the, oh, the, yeah. the, it's those balance it's i guess balance. that falls back to the importance of having the you know a really good front cover as well yeah you know, if that's something that's going to grab someone's attention and enough to back your book then that's yeah you know you've, you've you need, you need that for the the, the shelf and on the digital sales anyway you yeah know, post yeah. that don't you yeah you yeah really do. yeah we Definitely. did uh 
someone like highlighted someone's post who, who tried the Kickstarter, and it was like a just a, a a list of things to not do, and it was literally that not posting up any artwork, having nothing really to show, yeah. not backed anything, not mm. done anything, and it's like, well, where's That's my a- audience? It's like, well, you come on, man, you can't just. You can't do this it won't work yeah that's you know that's another good point dan you know you can't if you're starting a campaign and you can see the profile of the person that's you know launching the project clearly and it says first created and zero backed it's like come on you've got to you know back a few kickstarters to give yourself some veri- verification you know of yeah, you know, yeah, you're a real yeah. person you know and not just like gonna pick this money up and jump off but it, you've got no like when sort of when you see like a profile like that and they say, oh, I'm just going to make a, ki- a comic book. So mate, if you've never done this before, you, I, I, there's very little trust. There's, there's pros that don't seem to be able to run Kickstarters properly. And you've, you've never even, even, even run if they do, they never even met. Yeah. Sometimes when they do, they don't uh, deliver on them. <laughs> yeah. 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 So it's not, that's even before you get to making the product. So yeah. it's, it throws up all kind of red flags. Yeah. 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 But but trust someone like Joey because he knows what he's doing and uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, he'll he'll send you the book uh, before um, it's, it's actually been written. No, that um... <laughs> <laughs> one thing like if like you people say well this guy's like delivered five books I know he's going to come through again yeah yeah so yeah. yeah it's definitely building up rapport you know and delivering on what you've promised and you know you build up your audience that way it might start off small but you know you 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 keep going you you, you get up there because it's exactly how you know how I, I started and keep going mm. you know mm. do you find um like when you when you've had convention tables and stuff there are people that have um picked up a kickstarter from you or you know the return business and is you see a, a lot of similar faces at some shows oh yeah 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 definitely um you know, sometimes like I've been to London Comic Con and uh, October, and they've come back a year later, and they've they've picked up the, the rest of the series, and you know they've you don't bother with online, and they just pick up the the rest of the books that way. And That's I've got <laughs> I've got fantastic, yeah. I've got a good facial memory, and people that buy my books so sometimes I remember them, and you know remember the names and stuff like that because people are dressed <laughs> dressed up and all that. But yeah. Um, that happens a lot you know people have heard about me or you know seen my work or, or i've seen i've seen a lot that comes up to me people have seen the wendigo wood cover i've seen that cover from somewhere maybe it looks like you know something else but yeah. you see the see the banner and they come over you know and you know pick stuff up like that and then it's it's great because then you know most of the time people will follow you on social media then and then you've got people that will back you on kickstarter that um not won't necessarily you know, see your stuff until the following year again or a couple of months yeah, yeah i guess later, over the past couple, of, past couple of years kickstarter and your online presence has been never more important 100 uh, yeah. percent. because at, at some you know conventions you know we we have like a newsletter you can sign up to as well you know and people can sign up whenever they buy a comic and you know they get shot the uh news updates and kickstarter news so they've been able to follow us progress and not just be like they buy a one-off comic from us you know they can pick up the rest of the issues you know we're still we're still making them yeah so, yeah. yeah always be in uh communication with your audience if you if you've got people who want your product yeah. it, it really pays to um don't just expect people to just 
be there to buy your books you have to interact with these people and i think yeah. like joey said like if you recognize someone that's bought your books before i think um all of us at like when we've had awesome pod tables you know if you recognize someone who comes to your table and you immediately just say something to them and they have that rec- they see that recognition in your face and you talk <laughs> to them it, it becomes a different experience it totally yeah. becomes a different table experience then. and you see them you see them almost they open up their hearts and therefore their wallets. No, um... <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, you know, I love it when you know people come up. You know, because yeah. if they like horror, then we're on the same level straight away. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's like we can just talk for hours about films or what they've watched or what they're into. You know, it's great. Yeah, yeah. So all you horror fans out there, if you haven't checked out Afterlight Comics, then you need to because. Um, you know, he's probably going to have another 10 books by the time he comes on this show again next week <laughs> <laughs> no. yeah although he's he's probably going to be uh busy enough with the with the family in the yeah. in the coming future uh, <laughs> but um yes there's another thank you for the the chat joey um i always even though we do a halloween sort of like horror comics chat I always, I always think have we covered everything and but every time something new sort of comes up and um obviously when we had the, had you on the show a couple of years ago we i didn't it wasn't the halloween horror show so it's been it's been good to yeah. i look forward to this episode every year because i like eating sweets and halloween so it's a free <laughs> pass get a to do it yeah yeah so if you if i'm knocking at your door just give me the sweets otherwise you're going to get a proper egging I've got, of, I've got a bucket of piss ready for kids at my door. You got a bucket of piss ready for kids at my oh, door. Right. Okay. Okay. Well, well, that's a year long round, though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. that's true. Yeah. <laughs> the Amazon I post, like, he must uh, love you. Vast, vast yeah. like, loads of sweets and stuff. And they go, oh, no, I forgot to put the, the uh, decorations out again. Oh, well, I'll have to eat them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's quite, it's quite good when they're. When you don't decorate your house and you eat your sweets yourself, but I've actually decorated my house this year. What for? For Halloween? Yeah. Wow, nice one. Yeah. Nice picture. We That's got like lot. we got like cobwebs on the trees and stuff on the walk to the house. So on the in-out driveway, you got. Uh, I haven't got any out driving. I'm not going to talk about my real life on here. Are <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you sick that early, Vince? Hey. You set your stool that early. I mean, peering behind the curtain, we're going to be recording on Halloween yeah. next episode. Yes. Yes, <laughs> yes, we will. That's why this Halloween episode isn't after Halloween because, uh, as the ACP guys told me, Halloween would have been finished then. And I complete because yeah. I was planning for this to be <laughs> to us to record well, on Halloween ne- because I... next week we can set up like a fan footage episode where we get <laughs> oh, taken live yeah. on there on the show. Just going, I'm, so, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't <laughs> know Tony was going to talk about that. <laughs> I can't. I can't delete it. Um, <laughs> And all of that stuff. Unbeatable <laughs> squirrel girl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you did a live reading, that'd be horrific. Oh, yes. Oh, imagine. We all put on the character voices. Oh, I'm up <laughs> for that. Oh, what? T- Tony, what voice would you do? Well, they all sound like Twitter people, don't they, in that comic? Yeah. That's why it sounds awful. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> See what I mean? That's yeah, wrong you, because you should have Joey said got a little o- OMG. You should have said <laughs> OMG. OMG, yeah. yeah. Which, um, there you go, Joey. Your fan footage comic has to be called OMG. There you oh, go. Okay. <laughs> I'll be out next week. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
kick Darby to drop a few down his door. What's <laughs> <laughs> that noise at my door? Oh, yeah. <laughs> running off down the drive. Oh, dear. Anyway, uh, stay tuned because we've got a couple of uh, horror sort of themed recommends at the end of the show. But before that, do we have any shout outs, gents? Yes. Do I? What do you say, that? Yes. yes. Yeah. So okay. My first okay. shout out is to the Don. Richard oh, Chief. yeah. I he, I came home and there was an envelope sitting there, an A4 parcel. I opened it up and inside were two original sketches of uh, Finbar Saunders and the Fat Slags that Richard had managed to require, acquire from uh, the Lakes Comic Art Festival. And I was fucking blown away. Great. I was amazed. Oh, and a Viz pen as well. I tell you that, nice. right, we need to get uh, the Viz guys on the show at some point. And Tony, I I say we. I step, may have an email. I think uh, from before. Oh, yeah, nice one. Yeah. yeah, and I say we step. I tried back to and reach Dan out take, to Viz. Take the lead. Yeah, I tried to reach out to Viz, like, and I just got nothing. So maybe. Got, I, do you remember I bumped into them at that convention I was at? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll I'll, I'll, I'll find that email. Mm. Yeah. God, what a, what an episode that would be. <laughs> <laughs> They're quite funny. They do like a little live show, don't they? They did like a live quiz and stuff like this at the convention I was at. They were funny guys. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. Yeah, good. Uh, anyway, carry on, Dan. Uh, so, yeah, that was it. So, uh, oh. I'm going to have them uh, up on the wall at some point. For, uh... Nice one, man. Uh, uh, didn't you have another one to do? You said to me, I'll oh, remind me I've I got do. another one to Should do. Yeah. Both, should I do both in the same one? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Future Primitive Mag, issue one. Join us on a thrilling mystic adventure on the world of the Future Primitive uh, by oh. Kevin Gunstone, who's uh, yeah. did. Oh, Ex- God. The next. Friend of the show? Yes. What book did he do that we really like? By uh, don't do this to oh, us, Dan. No, no, oh, no, Dan! No. <laughs> it's that guy who goes into hell <laughs> and he's like fighting demons and stuff. I can't remember Ghost the name Rider. of the freaking book. No, I've got I've got a quote on the back of the effing book. <laughs> oh. oh no! Okay, let me uh, let me tough in, Kevin. Shall Gunn. I do mine while you're yeah, doing you it? Do, you do, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I'll yeah. fuck this up. So I got a few. Firstly, I went to MCM on Friday. Um, yeah, yeah, I went to MCM. That's yeah. But there, I saw Martin Simmons, who is a great company. I got to spend some time with him um, uh, to avoid, um, you know, those people. And uh, then, and he gave me a copy of the new Department of Truth trade and signed it. How good is that? That's well cool. Amazing. Uh, I don't think it's out till this week, actually, which is quite cool. Um, I also met up with Falpi and Eddie from Strangers um, and had a wander around, and then the three of us. All went for a Ruby Murray in Brick Lane afterwards. How cockney is that? That's pretty good. That's a curry um, for our international listeners. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Good curry it was as well. I didn't go until like one o'clock. I'm too old for all that. Um, Zach was there. So I saw Zach as well. One of Slack member and listener. Hi, Zach. Although he was cosplaying. Um, I let him off. Um, so that was good fun. And also sent you guys a picture of me with some furries, which is still, which is now Vince's screensaver on his computer. He told me, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't think I've got any on me. Um, oh. Oh, the, God. <laughs> yeah. What? Oh. Fur? I mean fur. Oh right. Yeah. Oh. And uh, my buddy Shah Amani Amami sent me comics. His comic Bastards of the Cosmos that he did with yes. David Moses. Um, it's like a. It's it's. It's like reading an, a sort of um, underground comic, a cross between 
Kirby and Ken Langraff, I'm going to say. Um, and it was really a great antidote to a boring day that I was having. Um, have a listen to his podcast, Wits End Podcast. Which he's all, always really good. And he, he's done an EC. I think he's done some EC stuff as well. And he also sent me a copy of his Wits End fanzine. Um, These voices are melting my mind, which says on the cover, which is good. Um, I um, Thanks to everyone who responded to my post about my, my gift to myself of a Leroy lettering set, which I bought. Going oh, back yeah. To how the, do you remember that? I haven't tried it out. You know, I haven't applied ink yet but i'm sort of slowly trying it out um mm. i don't know if you saw it joe but leroy lettering set is the one that they famously used in the ec comics oh cool it's a bit it's kind of uh, like a bit like a let cross between a letra set and a john ball printing set and, a, and, a, and not quite a typewriter and it's it sits on a, a bezel on um on, on a almost looks like a ruler and one um one prong goes into an indented letter and the other one is a pen nib and it draws the letters like that on the page, so they move. They move at the same time. Um, it's been. It was used between the forties all the way up to the seventies. Actually, EC readers will probably recognise the style. Um, and it was created by Kiefel and Essa Company. Um, and um, I've promised everyone that I'll do a little video of it. So I'm just sort of having a little practice with it. I'm not quite sure how you get ink into it at the moment, but uh, it's, it's it's just a lovely. It comes in like a wooden box. It's just gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous. Um, I also got the kids from Wreck Road through from our buddy Pete Dory um, and recent guest. Um, it's from Pete, Sean Phillips, and Dave Home, and it's um, basically a story of them growing up and reading comics. And it's a really uh, I knew it was going to be good because I like Pete stuff, but it's, it was actually genuinely quite a nice, touching read. Um, okay. It's got a real – it displays that real sense of humour between friends when they're having a go at each other mm. and talking about the, this other friend who had all these expensive comics, but they didn't, and they were arguing, if you're not going to buy the Fantastic Four, can I buy the Thor? And it's it's like that, and it's it's actually quite special. Uh, if you go to petedory.bigcartel.com, you can get it, or follow Pete Dory, D-O-R-E-E. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter. One pound for a digital, nice digital pricing there, and five pound for a physical, and it is well worth it. Uh, and the last one I've got is Future Egg Comics from Matt Simmons, our buddy Matt, who's uh, he, he's uh, does the best of... tweets ever. I, I try not to go on Twitter that much, but when I do, it's to see Matt's tweets. Yeah, I got the new issue of Future Future Egg in it, and I opened it, and he's included a de- detention slip for me in it, um, <laughs> which says name Tony Esmond, reason obscenity. And then in brackets, dick in the eye and shit like that. So that's good. A nice little find in the comics. So I thought, I'm going to read these. I picked up that and um, there were kids from Red Road. And I thought, oh, that's funny. That's quite cool. So I put that online. Yeah, he's, he's always reliable, isn't he? And always with a, a very sharp and funny sense of humour. Um, that's my ones. There you go. Can I uh, just mention my faux pas earlier? It was Planet of the Demons. That's it. Gunstone. Yeah, yeah. Paul Moore. And uh, Kevin popped up on issue uh, episode sixty-two of the ACP. Uh, wow! So look at that. Paul Moore, Paul Moore, friend Tumblr. of the show, brilliant artist. Paul Moore, he's fantastic. And some of his work appears in uh, Vanguard Book Four, which will be launching at Thought Bubble. Oh, nice! Yeah. Oh, Slick. More, more, As, the, more of those exclusives yeah. in, the, in the coming weeks. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but we will be at Thought Bubble this year. So, uh, yeah, we'll talk a bit more about. Um, the stuff we're going to have at our table in the next couple of weeks because, uh, yeah, mm. we're going to have some cool stuff, aren't we? Yeah. Not just us. Hell yeah. Yeah. I mean, that goes about saying. That's, that's what yeah. we need. Uh, <laughs> no, actually, actually better, not, better not say that because people ask for their money back if it was just us. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. 
But um, yes, that's it for the shout outs. So um, it's time to recommend um, some nicely sort of themed or cool stuff for our lovely listeners to check out on the week leading up to Halloween. Or not, if you listen to this in the far future. This is just some cool comics or books or whatever that you should check out. Um, Joey, do you have something that you'd like the listeners to just yeah. take a look at? Yeah, so I'll I tell you what, I'm back in on Kickstarter at the moment. I'm back in uh, Graham Puttock's Long Pick series. Okay. Uh, it's currently issue two uh, of a five-issue horror comic series. Uh, it's about uh, cannibalism, love, and loyalty. And I backed the first one, and it was great. Graham doesn't pull any punches with his ink ink work. He's really raw, and it's got it's got that nice uh, feel to it that I really enjoy comics. You know that realism um, with the you know characters and facial expressions and yeah. things like that. Um, and yeah, so uh, that's that's what I've backed. I've heard about long pigs. Mm. Like yeah, I totally see it. Look- it's definitely got realism in it, but some nice sort of graphic design to sort of like the page layouts and stuff as mm. well. Sort of really mm. sort of messes messes it up, sort of mixes it up. Um, yeah. So and cannibal, cannibalism, who doesn't love that? Eh? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's he's smashing we've all done a bit, haven't we? Let's technically, yeah. we've all done yeah. a bit. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, that's that's one to check out then. Yeah. Um, who would like to go next? Go on, you go. Uh, there you go, V. No, oh, uh, throwing me under the bus. Um, I, actually, I actually ordered a book, um, um, which turned up this week, and I read in time for Halloween, called Scarenthood. Have you heard oh, of this? Oh, okay. No, it's a good name though. No. But, uh, yeah, yeah. You know me. Um, it's an IDW book by Nick Roche and Chris O'Halloran. Okay. Um, story and art by Nick Roche, and I keep thinking, where do I know that name from? I've seen. Oh, he's done loads, man. Yeah, you'll yeah. see his stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. But this is um, essentially it's a suburban folk horror. Speaking of which, um, and the logline is: What scares you most? Fighting demons or letting your kids down? Uh, with their kids away on a field trip, a group of parents disturbs an ancient evil buried beneath the old church hall, unearthing a decades-old mystery about a missing child and inviting something hungry into their lives. Suddenly their mornings go from playdates and peanut allergies to a battle for the souls of one broken family and one child in particular. Um, this, is, this is a great book. It's, it's a real sort of... Um, we're talking about sort of like the realistic sort of sort of artwork for horror but uh, Nick this is um basically story and art is Nick Roche and Chris O'Halloran is the is the colours um I will say letters and collection designed by Sean Lee logo designed by Wayne Daly and additional children's art by Matilda and Daniel Roche um, oh nice because okay. this is very much about yeah. like um the kids so like when you see a kid you know um one of the main characters her, his uh, daughter's drawing and she goes look look at this daddy and you actually see like a proper child's drawing it's not someone attempting to do a child's drawing um, it's hard and, to fake that in a conversation with this it's very hard yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah yeah so um, and also a great way to get your kids work uh, published by, <laughs> yeah. by, by IDW <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't know what the kids' page rate was, but hopefully they're not paid um, like they should have done. Now, um, this is very much... It, it, it sort of struck me at first because because of um, Nick Style, which I have become an immediate fan of, um, and it looks very... You know, it's 
everyone's an individual character, but it's very clean. It's very um, animated. It's the wrong word, but you know, every every character has their own look and a style. It's easy to distinguish uh, between characters and stuff. Mm. But I also thought at the beginning, it, it took me a couple of pages to realise that this was set in um, either Britain or Ireland. Um, because it has that sort of um, almost uh, lock, lock and key kind of feel. Okay. Um, if, if I was to sort of, you know how that, that sort of look is like clean artwork and colours and stuff like that. Um, but of course it's, um, it's it, and the language is very much sort of regional to, to like British dialect and stuff. Um, which which works in some places and some places. I mean, I, I it's very easy to read, but some of them have a quite strong accents. Um, wonderfully written, but once again, it's another sort of horror story that takes a couple of sort of issues to sort of ramp up into it. So it's it's the slow oncoming dread. What was this the trade you got? Was it? This was the trade. This this is right. um, six issues. I thought it was a one and done story, but um, when it finished, it's it was end of book one, and it feels like it's almost going to be what I say, sort of moving into sort of Harrow County kind of like feel that that was kind of the feel i had by the end of it you know when that first trade ends and then oh the story's going to move on from here and it is very much about like a sing uh for want of a better word a, a single parent trying to look after his daughter he's trying to work at the same time um but then the, this these supernatural events start sort of creeping into their lives and he becomes a bit more obsessed with it and weird things start happening um, because there's this child years ago that went missing sort of underneath the stage of the old church hall this kid sort of like one of the sort of cub scouts crawled underneath the stage and then he just disappeared and so that you've got that initial mystery and that sort of plays out and and this guy becomes kind of a little bit obsessed with it you know in in all great great horror sort of protagonists there's a bit of a story and then all of a sudden they just keep researching it and looking into it and they you know sleepless nights and as the book goes on when this story starts your main character he's clean shaven you know, he's he's sort of like, he's just trying to make ends meet, and uh, you know, trying to get. He's always late to get his daughter to this sort of, um, the, you know, the uh, the sort of play date sort of thing, every day. But as the book goes on, and I noticed it with the, with each issue, he's he's got stubble in the next issue. By the end, he's got a full on beard. That that classic sort of like, this person's just being consumed. And it's a, it's a wonderful sort of visual way of showing. You know, it's a simple visual way of like, you know, someone just can't be bothered to. It's not that someone can't be bothered to shave. It's just that they're so. It's a brilliant sort of indicator of someone. They're not taking care of themselves. They're not taking care of themselves, and they're just becoming consumed Mm. by it. Um, It's a creepy. It's a very much a creepy, creepy story. You've got like they bring a priest into it. There's sort of exorcisms. There's strange supernatural events. There's there's like a ghost dog. Um, There's ghost dog. There's yeah yeah there are dogs right. in this there is a there is a creepy looking ghost dog, um it's very well written in the fact that like the four there's four main parents really who basically just get together for like a coffee and stuff and they're the ones who are trying to figure out this mystery, um so they be, there's almost like you've got that wonderful sort of British comedic tone to the way they talk to each other as well including there was one line that made me laugh out loud I mean it's very dark it's a very dark joke. But I thought, oh, I've never heard that before. Um, and it's because one of them's um, talk. He, he's talking. He he um, says that his his wife is stuck with little Chern- little Chernobyl for the foreseeable. And someone says, "You call him little Chernobyl," and he replies, 
he was a massive accident and he's killing us slowly. (laughs) 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 I thought that's, uh, you know, I will say that this book, one of the things I really, really did come across to me in this, obviously the horror story is great, but it is very much, um, it's, I can tell it's, it's written by a parent. It feels like someone that's experienced, you know, the, the parenting experience is first and foremost. And that, that sort of that balancing act of being busy or being consumed by something. And then, but trying not to let your kids down, this guy's, he's sort of consumed by something. And then sometimes he looks at his daughter and then like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. Um, and it, that is first and foremost. And sometimes like when I, when I read books or I, you know see a movie and people go oh i was thinking about my family when i made this piece of work and it doesn't really it doesn't really translate i don't see that in what i'm reading or what i'm seeing but this was you know even like one issue in i thought there's a there's a voice of experience here in some ways not the supernatural element but the people element and i think that's quite a that can be quite a difficult thing to to come across i'm interested to see where the story goes because it feels like um it does feel like it's just starting to open up a world at the end of the first volume but yeah scarant hood um also got a lovely uh cover that i could have quite easily um put in one of my uh cover quotes but i yeah i think i'm also with this sort of book as well loath to say it in some ways but glad i read the trade yeah okay yeah of course yeah because like because the tempo and stuff is very much if you had to wait a month after the first one, maybe the temp. I can see what they're doing. They're getting the tempo right, but whether that tempo is right for a monthly book is. A, it was is like that book you mentioned the other last week, T. Which one was that? I did. Uh, <laughs> you said it was like it was quite a slow moving book that uh, not a lot happens in the issue. Then at the end, it all kind of like plays out. I'm yeah. Fucking... Yeah. I know yeah. What you mean? Yeah. 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 Yeah, I think we we suffer from that. Right, writing for the trade is a thing at the moment, isn't it? Sadly, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But I, I think certainly when you have to build up these original sort of like character-based horror stories, you've got to make people care about the characters. So you've got to do a lot of work with your first issue, haven't you? Um, which they do successfully do. So Scarenthood is a is a trade that I think is is worth um, looking up if you haven't heard of it because it, it's it was a when was that time. out dude i didn't see that at all. It, it's only just come out recently um, oh, i must have missed that this, okay this year, yeah i don't um, pay enough attention to idw sometimes i get the emails through and often i don't read them because it's all transformers or yeah bronies or something you know yeah, but yeah, yeah. I'll have a look. Yeah, yeah sometimes sometimes a book like this um will maybe slip under the radar for a, for a publishing company who are more known for the licenses yeah you know? So and it's certainly it, it, it's got some like pinups, um, some from names like John McRae and John Allison. You know they, they had like it's a lovely John McRae sort of like ghost dog cover actually. Okay. So yeah, cool stuff. Scarant Hood worth worth checking out. Um, folk folk horror, but I'm still trying to figure out what that means. Yeah, I know yeah. what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's my one. Good. Uh, nice one. <clears throat> so Red Room issue 4 Murder on the Dark Web for Fun and Profit by Ed Piscor, um, published <laughs> by Fan of Graphics the, now if you were a fan of as many of us are I know that listen to this of um, the Cafe podcast stroke YouTube channel you can't have missed that this is out um, it's um, it's Fanta Graphics I think Fanta Graphics is biggest seller ever mm. um, I'm reading it as a monthly because I just I just really enjoy the work of Ed Piscor and I, I like the dude Um so I'm reading it, and it, a couple of things that we talked about earlier. Talk about someone changing their style a little bit for horror. So this is a guy who did Hip Hop Family Tree, 
Yeah. And he's really moved into, you know, what is, you know, murder, you know, for money online. You know, so it's that. There's no getting around it. It's it's torture porn taken to its ultimate, you know, conclusion. Um, and this does contain an element of found footage in it, which is interesting from what we were talking about earlier. Um, it's it's on Ed's Patreon as well. If you if you remember his Patreon, I think you can read it early. And I think the trade of it is either just come out or just about to come out. And um, I I I can thoroughly recommend it. But if you are a person of um, um, a sensitive disposition, I would not recommend it to you at all. Um, there's bits in it that are pretty stomach churning. He doesn't. There's no at no point in this does he turn the um, the viewer's eye away from you know moves the action away from what's happening. You see every single thing in it. Um, it's also um, an homage to EC comics, so it's um, it's even got like a little rather than EC. It says Ed. In it, you know you know the old EC logo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It actually says Ed for Ed Piscor, which is quite cool. Um, there's even a host in it called the get this the cryptocurrency keeper, which I love that. <laughs> I think that's great. Um, yeah. And so for the uninitiated, if you haven't heard about this, if you've been hiding under a rock, it's um, a series that tells separate stories. It's a series of stories all themed around this one underground um, snuff video streaming service called The Red Room. Um, This one is um, centered around some of the early days of the Enterprise and is interesting. And it's almost like when VHS was coming out. There's a character in it called Raina Dukes, and she is the daughter of one of the early victims of the Red Room. And she's um, she's actually never watched the footage of her father. Uh, sorry, she's the, yeah of her father being killed. Um, she, she's even in bed with one of with a girlfriend at the time, and the girlfriend says, "Oh, I googled your dad's name." She says, "Get out!" And she throws her out. So she's she's very sensitive to that. And but she meanwhile she's is a, a at the bottom of the page is a sort of hilarious training montage of her getting ready to take revenge. Um, it's uh, the court, whenever anyone is convicted of having the footage of her father being murdered on camera, either on VHS or as it is now is streaming through this service or on a, you know, an MP4 or something, she receives a check as part of restitution from the people who are viewing it, which is quite interesting. So she's actually sort of super rich as well. Mm. Um, one day she has a bit of a psychopathic episode and she decides to shave her head and she finally watches the footage of her being of her father being literally pulled apart. And I showed you that before you came on, Joe. I showed the boys it, and it's, it's, he literally chains around him, and um, he is literally pulled apart. As you know, and you see it all happening. And this is by a dominatrix character called um, I think this may be you, Dan Donna Butcher in another life. <laughs> um, <laughs> so Raina goes um, this. Now, at the moment in the story, you don't know why, but she goes out of her way to get arrested. And why, you may ask. And then the second story deals with Donna, Donna Butcher, who at this point, um, she you, you, you're taken through her childhood and you find out that she was abused in her child by, childhood by her parents, uh, physically abused. And then she sort of falls, she goes to New York, falls into prostitution and fin- finally pornography. And then she f- falls into the sicker areas of... Um, the internet including um i don't know if you know what this is but into squish movies does anyone know what that is no no it's it's where i think it's where ladies in high heels stand on small animals oh fuck that yeah fuck you now yeah um she's um she obviously that's fuck me up i know i know so she gets it. So that's what I was saying. There's no, there's no hiding this book. It's I know some people who love it, but won't won't read this because it's just too, you know. Um, and so she eventually gets arrested, and they find 
um, a video in, in hidden in her flat of the murder of um, Raina's father. And she's now, it's now present day, and she's turned into this sort of, from being like this quite sexy lady in a leather mask and stuff, uh, into this sort of, she's almost, it looks like she's had one of her eyes burnt out, her face is sort of burnt off partially, and she's a super obese now. Her real name's Evie. And it opens with her sitting there telling the story of her life. And she sits there to this sort of audience in prison or sitting around her in the canteen. And um, she's telling the story of her life. But I won't ruin the I won't ruin what happens from then on because it has a great twist. You know, the old old Henry O Henry ending. It's um it really is well done. It's um uh, please, if you are offended in any way by anything I've said, do not go anywhere near this comic. Mm. All right. It, it really isn't for you, but I mean, I grew up on video nasties and stuff like that, and uh, I don't, I don't mind it. I see what he's doing. His art style is—it's not super realistic, but it's realistic enough that he knows what he's doing, and you can see everything that's going on. But it's there's a there's a cartoony element to it, which gives it sort of strangely an added grimness for me. Um, okay. It's ostensibly well, it is black and white, um, but he gives it a tweak so. The pages are kind of browned out, like they're old comic pages, if that makes sense. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the but like the a word, sepia tone to it. Yeah, a little bit like that. Yeah, but the word balloons and the panels on the top of it are bright white, so it's almost like someone has lettered some old comic stuff. the the uh, The found footage element comes from the fact that we see, you know, when when Rainer goes finally gives in and goes online and watches this MPEG of Donna Butcher slaughtering her father. And that's where the fan footage thing comes in. So it is, it's done quite interestingly in the, in the format of a comic. And he, and I showed you earlier, isn't it? He lays it out in a sort of six panel grid, um, showing it. It's almost like moment by moment as she watches this thing on her computer. So it is, it's very good. Um, it's, um, as I say, everything is close up. Everything is full on. You see everything. Um, there's some great designs of the um so the stars almost i won't call them the stars but the the main well the main characters in the comic are the different characters who appear as the torturers in the, each red room and they're very much who's the most popular at the time who are the old ones who've now gone in the first issue an old one comes back to, to sort of get his boots back on and start torturing and killing people again and they're they're really nice nicely designed i can only describe them as something between mad max and preaching to the perverted there's there's something but the bdsm mad max turned up to 11 on them if you see what i'm saying like horrific characters and they've always got their tongues sticking out and some of them are super sexy some of them are just horribly obese and sweaty and he really turns up that stuff um yeah it just reminds me of those like i said earlier i'm sick of the hollywood horror film I'm, it reminds me of the the days when people went out to make horror films you know those those friends who you know, one of them had went to film school and they can just about afford to make, you know, like some of the greatest movies, like Texas Chainsaw, for example, is one of the greatest horror movies, isn't it? But it was made on a budget by a bunch of nobodies, to be fair. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it was hell on earth for them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, if you go to Instagram, you can find Ed underscore Piscor, P-I-S-K-O-R, Patreon, uh, patreon.com forward slash Ed Piscor. Um, go and have a look at Cartoonist Kayfabe. They covered some of the um, some really interesting comic subjects. And they'll, they they um, they also, um, for example, if there's a new artist edition come out, they'll look at that. They look at they look at the strength one recently. Really good. Really enjoy it. Um, it's, it's, you'll want to have a shower after reading it, maybe. And um, I've heard okay. a lot of comic reviewers shy away from it, but... Uh, I don't know. It's it's strangely 
addictive. <laughs> Just like watching the Red Room videos themselves. There you go. That's my one. <laughs> oh, my word. Uh, Dan, what have you got for us? Uh, mine's not so much... Uh, ho- I guess it is a little horror-related, but not completely. It's Ultra Mega. The, oh, uh, first trade. Oh, I fucking yeah. love this book. I kind of I waited till like he came out of trade and I pre-ordered it. Must have been near the end, the beginning of the year. Yeah, I reckon, so yeah, yeah. It just I just got an email saying, "Oh, Ultra Mega has been dispatched." And I was like, "Oh, fucking yes!" And I, I blazed through it. For those not uh, familiar with it, it's uh, written by James Harron, artwork and written by James Harron, and the colourings by Dave Stewart. Yeah. Uh, a cosmic plague is spread, transforming uh, everyday people into violent, monstrous kaiju. Only the Ultra Mega, three individuals imbued with incredible powers, hold the line against this madness. Their battles level cities and leave untold horror in their wake. Now the final reckoning approaches for the Ultra Mega, but is this a war they can even win? Uh, this is so visceral, so violent. It's really brutal. I'd, I'd say it outdoes Invincible uh, for the kind of the level yeah. of brutality and gore. Uh, it's James just does such a dynamite job on the art and the writing. I mean, it seems every issue this reinvents the the what the story's about. Like yeah. I was reading the first bit and I thought, oh, I know where this. I think I have an idea where this would be going. And then nope, changes completely. And you're like, wow, what are you going to do now? And then he starts laying out another story, and you think, okay, this is the setup. And then that gets flipped on its head and changes again. And yeah, the first story is you think, oh, and then at the end, that's almost like a prequel, isn't it? Yeah, it's almost like a prequel, like yeah. a, a setup, and then as a, a, a massive change of dynamic and what's going on, and it sort of asks a lot of questions about this society that's now been built, and it's really interesting. I, I, I just can't wait to read more. I, I might have to go into single issues because uh, yeah. I'm enjoying it that they're much. Back, they're sort of. Um prestige format there they're, they're spined single issues i get them yeah 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 they're worth getting uh and the trade oh it's lovely lovely piece of uh, uh the tight the masthead is spot varnish on sort of like a matte cover so it kind Ooh. of like uh, shines in the light uh, I, i've looked at that doing I, i'm sure all small presses have looked at doing that in a book and then realized how much it adds to the cost <laughs> yeah for, yeah maybe, maybe not uh, I, I think it literally doubled the cost of the print for my for doing it on mine, maybe more. <laughs> it's a lot. I really think, well, what would I rather have double the amount of books or the spot varnish? Mm, so, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I really enjoyed it. If you kind of like uh, Ultraman, Kaiju stuff, really inventive, uh, kinetic action, I, I would go for it immediately. I, I don't know. This is one not to sleep on. I, I, it's up there as one of my titles of the year. I've got to say, nice so one, man. Really enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, so it's really good. I love it. There yeah. you go: kaiju's, murderers, <laughs> ghosts, and cannibals. What more do you want from recommends on a Halloween special? You know, so go forth and check them all out. And uh, thank you once again, Joe, for joining us this week. Thank yeah, you, yeah, Joe. Appreciate it. Legend. Um, it won't be the last time you'll be on the show I'm sure hopefully we'll be able to interview a, a, a convention one day in the future when the world is a, is a safer <coughs> place in in many ways not just because of like the giant monsters outside and the ghosts that want to kill us all <laughs> I'm seriously terrified but if you enjoy anything about the show if, if there's anything that um, perhaps if I pronounce something wrong 
or may, maybe you heard some strange noises during this broadca- broadcast and voices are telling you to kill, kill and kill again. Well, don't do that. Instead, email us, awesomecomicspod at gmail.com and let us know what you want to hear about on the show. If you uh, go on social media, you're braver than us. But you can follow us on Twitter at the Awesome Pod. If you do the Book of Faces, not literally a Book of Faces, not like skinned faces turned into a book, that'd be quite cool. But for <laughs> right now, and before it gets rebranded, you can go to facebook.com slash awesome comics podcast. And if you want to talk more about, um, I'll tell you what, let's get some wonderful uh, horror book recommendations going out in the community. That's a good idea. You yeah. can do a bunch, one in, in the uh, Facebook group, Awesome Comics Talk. Uh, join us there and can keep the chat going. You can also do it in the Slack chat, can't they, gents? Yeah, Slack's on fire at the moment. Thanks Slack to everyone who's, who's, helped, who's helped out with it. It was taken part in the Inktober on there. Yeah. Loads of good stuff. Mm. Um, so I've seen it all, from now on up until Halloween. Let's all just talk about our favourite horror books or favourite bits of horror artwork, etc. You know, cool. show, show some love for Halloween. I've. Uh got one in the post coming to me that i i kind of it was a book i i was looking up uzumaki stuff and uh jinji ito and there's a book called the drifting classroom that came out uh, oh, oh yeah i was hearing about this this is really good yeah yeah, yeah. so I, i've ordered myself the first copy of that to turn up is it a hardback because like. i think there's three hardbacks on there i think of that yes that i've ordered the yeah. first to see if it's my cup of tea or not but it sounds fan- fascinating Oh, nice man. We'll, we'll look forward to that. Seeing yeah. as Dan is possessed by a ghost that is uh, <laughs> dwelling within the very ink of the book. Um, <laughs> thank you for that. That's a good idea, actually. Well, I was thinking <laughs> about maybe next episode, uh, Tony's lecture set would come to life and start saying yeah. hideous yeah. prophecies. No, actually, actually, well, actually, we'll pick that up in a second. Um, also, I, th- I think haunted ink. That's got to be some. Surely, that's got to be. Let's copyright that. Um, <laughs> there's a story there. Um, right, ACP. Yeah, <laughs> thank you for listening to us whether it's on the website awesomecomics.podbean.com if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts please subscribe and leave a review helps get the word out about this show it, it really does we really appreciate it and um, yeah then people will I mean we I mean this is a Halloween special but we um, there's not always like a scary old timey horror host um, who will probably sign us off in a minute he keeps looking at me weird but he'll be back in a minute oh God. Um, and uh, you can also listen to us on like Spotify, Amazon, Stitcher Podnose, Podknife what are the networks we're on Tony? we're on po- the uh, the Stan Lee sponsored one Pod Snuff Z. <laughs> oh, I, I that's a pretty good one I thank you do you know at first i thought what is he talking about i've literally just got that joke <laughs> that was superb that was certainly getting involved in yeah 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 That's yeah. nice. um where can people follow us uh online etc tony uh patreon.com tribute press um we're about to hit issue five of flesh and ink on there so come and join us nice damn you can find me on Twitter at Vanguard Comic and you can read Vanguard at VanguardComic.com and the patron. I need to retool this end message. I'm fucking chant- chancing it every week. That's all we do. That's what we do every week, yeah. Dan. Babe. We, yeah. we take, I tell you, we take the seatbelts off and just put foot down on the pedal, don't we? With Thelma and Louise. 
That's what we are. And Tony's the clip. <laughs> Just keep driving. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Jester Diablo. Joey, where can people find you and all your amazing horror comics? Uh, you can Afterlight Comics on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And I'm Joey Afterlight on Twitter. There you go. Have you got anything nice. upcoming? Or? Uh, got a Kickstarter on Tuesday. Um, for... <laughs> of course, yeah. <laughs> um, I've got a brand new tabletop card game coming out called Clash of the Yokai. It's a Japanese folklore card battle game where you oh, play as plays a host of supernatural monsters spirits and demons from japanese folklore um so yeah watching Am- that on tuesday um, amazing <laughs> so that could be live. depending on when you listen to this show that yeah. could be live now so yeah, be live. Go, yeah. go get involved and scare yourself silly <laughs> like the rest of us did um it's been fun but i think the uh, doc do you want to take it over why yes vincent i will tony why do you have such a problem with me? Don't turn your camera on. It does awful things to my undercarriage. <laughs> Get off, Doc. Right, okay, you can't be trusted. Uh, thank you very much for listening. <laughs> the, the, what I love about this, I've watched them mute themselves and did, like... <laughs> Uh, while I'm, so I know how to. I don't want to put you off. <laughs> yeah, we put you off at the start. And I thought we put, in the middle of it. Mean, it's not me. It's Doctor Terror over here. Uh, yeah, I don't want to Doctor Terror. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's actually quite a nice fellow. Doctor Terence Error. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that's his DJ name. Thank you for listening, everyone. Have a brilliant Halloween. Um, eat lots of sweets or or healthy snacks if you're that kind of person. And uh, yeah, go go read some great horror books and just enjoy this spooky season because god damn it, I'm tired of them promoting Christmas before Halloween. Fucking bollocks, that's what it is. Yeah, we've got to take Halloween back. (laughs) So, from Dan, Tony, Joey, and myself, have a spooktacular week. Yes, (laughs) and as always, what should they do, guys? Stay awesome, stay awesome. So yeah, I thought you. Know, I, I I was going to set you the task of saying stay awesome, um, yeah. but I realised it sounds a little bit like arse. Oh, I thought it was arse. No, that not the first that, time that, I've that, said that. That's that's <laughs> that's a different show. Uh, see you next week, folks. See ya. Bye. Bye.